Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, where we talk about the methods and technologies for driving growth. I'm your host, Dave Lewis. And before we jump into today's episode, I just want to say what a pleasure it is and honor it is to be in your ear right now. And I love having these conversations and doing Demand Gen Radio for now over four years. But we did something else that I hope you guys know about in case you don't know about it. Uh, here you go. We launched a channel on YouTube called Demand Gen TV. No surprise there, right? Demand Gen Radio, Demand Gen TV. And that's where we show you the methods and technologies for driving growth. So I would encourage if you're sitting in front of a browser or just need to make a mental to-do to go to YouTube and search for Demand Gen. And by the way, if this is your first time on Demand Gen Radio, uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can find your way back to other episodes. Today on the program, I'm joined by Nick Casale. And Nick is the Director of Sales at Sendoso. And I just want to, for full disclosure, let you guys know some things. Number one, uh, I am an investor in Sendoso. And I'm going to tell you why I did that in a minute. I am also on their board of advisors. And we are also a client at DemandGen. And it actually didn't happen in that order. We became a client before those other things happened. But once I became a client uh, and started using the platform for our own sending, and there was an opportunity during a round of fundraising for me to get a even closer relationship. I said, I want to invest personally because I really believe in what these guys are doing. And I'm very impressed with the team. So uh, that'll tell you a lot about how I feel of Sendoso. Now, why did I ask Nick to be on the program today? And that's because Nick, as you know, I love to give. I am a give, give, give guy. And so I thought we could dive into the psychology of giving in both sales and marketing and weave in a little bit about your platform and how you guys make that happen. How are you doing? David, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. I am glad to have you. Uh, Nick right now is in South Lake Tahoe. He is sheltering in a beautiful place, and the weather up there is amazing right now, I bet. Yes, I am You know, having a, just a terrible time here. Got the view of the lake out the window, so I think I'll be all right. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough one today. So Nick, you uh, are Director of Sales at Sendoso. I want to start off with the first question is, <laughs> and, and uh, you're going to like it, why doesn't Every single marketing and sales team have a tool set for giving gifts. I do not know why anybody wouldn't have that. I mean, I want to ask that question first, but I guess maybe we should start off by telling a little bit about what you guys do, because maybe that's that's new to some folks. So will, will, you, will you give us a soundbite on the Sendoso platform, how that came to be, uh, and then please, let's let's talk, because I'm a giver, literally right before I hit this podcast, I walked down the hall and I said, hey, Mindy, how is that bottle of Don Julio 1942 coming? And God, I really hope he doesn't listen to this. But that is going to a client of ours, Adam. And uh, Adam and I sipped some 1942 at the top of the CN Tower in Toronto before all this pandemic hit. And we were just on the phone call the other day and he brought it up. He goes, man, I, I miss being out with you and having dinner. And uh, we drank some 1942 last time. That was that was really great. And I'm like, bing. I'm going to send him a bottle of 1942 because I know he likes it. Like, it's just a natural thing for me. So uh, I'm a giver. And when when Sendoso, well, you you talk about what Sendoso is, and I'll tell you why we have it here at Demand Gen. Well, David, you know, you're, you're selling it better than I could. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, so Sendoso is uh, a sending platform. So we've really pioneered the sending platform space. So, you know, what is a sending platform? Well, at its core, it's really 
when you marry the logistics of the offline storage and sending and sourcing with the modern technology platforms or that hub and spoke model where there's sendoso.com and then we integrate with all of the tools that marketers know and love today. So that's Salesforce, that's Marketo, that's Outreach, it's Sales Loft and going to continue to grow that ecosystem into great tools like a Sixth Sense and Demand Base and things like that. Cool. So, so for you guys, like, here's the thing. I'm sure every one of you have bought something on Amazon. I'd be surprised if you didn't. I do remember, Nick, by the way, my mom, about three years ago, and I said, Mom, why don't you get an Amazon Prime account and do your shopping on Amazon? Because she's now 84, so that she's 81. She goes, you know what? I like going to the store. I really like getting out and going to the store. I go, we all like going to the store and browsing and, and holding products and doing that, but it's really convenient when you need something. So like I needed you know, when you close a door and there's a little ball at the top of the door that kind of holds the door closed, I needed one of those because it, it broke. Well, I could go to what, how many hardware stores to find that, but no, I just go to Amazon and get it. So what I love about Sendoso, because I'm a giver, is the idea that I can just be in Salesforce, uh, go to a contact or lead record, click on the little magic Sendoso button, and it's like going to Amazon. I, I just have an inventory of stuff that marketing has set up for us. And I click an item and send it to the client and and boom. And in fact, I think you guys just came out with address validation, which is helpful. So you always make sure you're getting it to the right place. But that's like a no brainer that you would enable a sales team to have that type of stuff. And then on the marketing side, we use Marketo, but you know, whatever marketing automation system you have and you heard Salesforce, you know, there's probably an integration there for you. So marketing has a nurture, right? So let's say it's a, an onboarding nurture. Someone becomes a client. We have all these new resources that marketing has produced with our customer success team. As soon as they become a client, stage hits, close one, contact is uh, updated with an address. We send them out a welcome kit. Again, automated. All we had to do is create the stuff. In fact, you guys can print that stuff on demand. So I'm, I know you're saying I sell it well, but I want to ask you as a director of sales, why don't people do this? Why does it? Why don't you have like every single person as a customer? What kind of resistance do you hit, or is it is it education? Or I'm curious to know because it makes just total sense to me. Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting point, David. And I, I'll say I think we're we're well on our way to to having this be something that is in the hands of you know every marketing team and, and organization and sales rep uh, that's that's selling you know just about anything. I think the the hesitation and, and some of the gaps really falls into two camps in, in my main, in my brain. Uh, so there's the companies that we talk to that are, let's say, maybe a little bit more old school. They've been around the block. They say, look, you're talking about direct mail. We do direct mail, right? We know direct mail. And that's because it's obviously nothing new. Mail has been around longer than email. Um, but they don't understand that there's a modern way to do it. They are just doing what is probably blasting postcards or something out there uh, as a brand awareness play. And they expect that some percent of people will, you know, see a postcard and give them a call back. So for them, it's an education process on, look, there's a better way to do this. You can have this be integrated. You can have it be trackable and you can have it be personalized and unique, right? You don't have to send something boring. On the other side of the coin, we work with a lot of startups and even sort of mid-market type companies where they're saying, look, we have this fantastic tech stack, right? Our sales reps are in a boat sitting on a stocked trout pond, but we don't know how to get those fish to, to sort of bite the line, right? We don't have that uh, silver bullet tip of the spear to really rise above the noise and get their attention because 
yeah, we have a great tech stack. We have all these tools, but so do all our competitors, right? And maybe we don't have the brand awareness of some of our bigger competitors. So how do we get really intelligent about getting people's attention in a unique way? And so those are the conversations that we're having and they each have you know their own set of unique challenges. But as I think you can uh, sort of understand from that too, they each have an enormous amount of opportunity. Do you, let's talk about you and your sales team. How do you mm-hmm. practice what you preach? What do you send? Talk about a sales process and what you might might send to somebody. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm, I might get yelled at for this, but I actually just before this, before we hopped on this call, I had to give just about everyone on my team some, some more Sendoso budget and we're only seven days into the month here. So I'm going to have to justify that one later. But our team sends early and often. Obviously, for us, it's, it's a bit of, of a demo. Right. So, you know, we're, we're certainly an outlier, but we send whenever we can. And I think the mistake that people make is thinking that you need a, you know, a specific reason to send. You have to have a relationship there or you have to know exactly what that person, you know, likes or wants. And that's really, I think, a big, a big mistake that people make. Because when you really think about what you can do with a sending platform, all you've done is really opened up a net new channel for your sales team. And your reps are already inherently creative, they're gritty, they're hustlers. And so what they'll do with this tool is they'll leverage sort of the right um, the right tactic or the right, I always use the phishing analogy, right? Um, you want to give your team sort of multiple different lures. You want to give them one that is maybe, you know, a shiny one with with some sparkles on it, you want them to have one where they can put live bait on it. And that's how you're going to get the most, uh, the most fish in the boat, right? So for our sales team, it could be everything from a $10 Uber Eats gift card, and they have the option maybe to donate that amount to charity. That's obviously low cost, but that can be high impact. And there's some psychology behind that as well, because you're making that effort to gift, like you said, you love giving, but then you allow the person who you're giving to to also then do an act of kindness for someone else. And that feels good for them. Whether that's, hey, Uber Eats gift card, support a local restaurant that you know might be struggling right now, that's one of your favorites. Or donate that amount to a charity of your choice. And that's just you know one example. And that'll go all the way through to sending a dozen cupcakes that maybe they're sharing with their family now that would have been shared in the office to a bottle of Dawn 1942, like you said. Yeah. Uh, it's really whatever you want, but you, you empower the rep to decide what's going to be the biggest impact, um, at that moment, depending on where they are in that sales cycle. There is psychology about it that I want to talk about because, mm-hmm. you know, I love, love neuromarketing, studied it from both my sales background as well as my marketing background and really dive into how the brain works. And I want to talk about reciprocation uh, because this this is your why, everybody, in terms of considering a platform uh, and doing stuff like this. And there's a psychology of it. And social psychologists will tell you that there's this law of reciprocation. And it basically says that when someone does something nice for you, that you will have a deep-rooted psychological urge to do something nice for them in return. And really, as a matter of fact, uh, you may even reciprocate with a gesture far more generous than their original good deed. And Nick, I want you to know I've never made a Bible quote ever on Demand Gen Radio, nor have <laughs> I read the Bible cover to cover. But I do know, according to Google, 
that the Bible reminds us that whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So for those of you who've read the Bible, which I have not, cover to cover, um, this concept of giving and getting um, goes way, way, way back. And we all experience that. The other thing that's really cool about giving is the dopamine that is released in your brain when you do an act of doing it. So it's good for marketing. It's good for sales. It's good for your heart and and your brain. Um, You mentioned, Nick, you may need to ask for more budget. And so in your platform, you have budget management. You have the ability to allocate funds so that someone, to, it's not like giving my daughter my my Amazon account and saying, have at it, and then waiting for the, the bill so you can allocate those budgets. How do you decide how much, how do you guys go about and decide how much to spend? Like what's that, you know, we have cost per lead. So how do you, how do you guys approach that? Because I'm sure people are thinking, okay, yeah, even if I had all the tools and I loaded up uh, your warehouses with the stuff I want to send or print on demand, what's, mm-hmm. What's some guidance around what to give? By the way, can I tell you I've had gifts returned because I kind of went too far. When <laughs> there, there is a place where you can make someone uncomfortable or yeah. there's corporate guidelines that have, you know, a limit of what you can send. And so it's good to know those policies or not get too crazy. But tell, tell me about how you figure out what's the right amount for acquisition or engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a really important point, which is, the way that sort of sending and, and direct mail for, let's say, the enterprise or for B2B has evolved. And I think the concept of buying the meeting is very out of vogue. And that's something where you'll say, hey, if you meet with us, we'll send you a pair of Bose headphones. We're seeing that start to phase out. Um, okay. Very much so driven by corporate gifting guidelines, people just sort of feeling like, I don't know if this is the right thing to do here, right? Or if this is in the, the best interest of the business. So there's certainly a fine line there in terms of what you send. Uh, to your earlier point, there's also a fine line in terms of understanding how much is right to spend on a on an account or a contact based on where they are in your funnel. And so what we always suggest is with Fendoso, based on the integration, you can actually set it up so that when a rep goes into any contact, they could see a completely different set of sending options based on where that contact is in your funnel. And so what you'll have happen there is for a something that's completely cold, maybe your options are either lower cost or very much um, targeted and messaged around someone that doesn't really know who you are and trying to pique that interest and get that attention um, or both, right? Low cost and very sort of educational. And as you move down the funnel, we'll see those touches start to become more relationship building, maybe higher cost right? Things where after a demo, when you're trying to stay top of mind with someone is a great time to maybe send a bottle of wine, but maybe totally cold is not the right time to send a bottle of wine because you wouldn't, David, to your earlier point, right? Someone that you have a relationship with where you know he loves drinking Don Julio 1942, you can double down on what you know about someone to strengthen a relationship. So you'll send that. I'll go on a limb and say, I don't think you'd spend the money on a bottle of Dom 1942 to someone who you don't really know because you don't know if they drink it. It's a lot of money to spend. You don't, that might be inappropriate based on your relationship with the person, right? Yeah. You guys practice what you preach. I want to make sure here on Demand Gen Radio, you walk away with one idea today, just one idea that maybe you can put into practice. Uh, and here is them practicing what they preach. So let's, let's, Nick, I'm going to set you up. Maybe you know the answer, maybe you don't. 
you know, and I'm gonna watch your I'm gonna watch your fingers. Do not look this up. Do you know how many G2 crowd reviews you have? Approximately? Uh, it's over a hundred. It is over a hundred. I'm, I'm gonna go with hundred and sixty seven. <laughs> okay. Now I was, anyone I was gonna say one ninety two. One ninety two? Okay. You're wrong in a in a good way, um, because it's far more than that. You have three hundred and sixty seven. And the reason that I know that is because I had a conversation with your customer success team and marketing team, and I had G2 Envy. I don't know if that's a thing, but I had it. And the G2 Envy was like, how do you have 367 reviews? Because you have 500 or so customers. You guys have been on a good growth curve, but you only have only, well, that's a lot, but you have 500 customers, but you have 362, 367 rather G2 reviews. So I said, what do you do? And she says, well, we do NPS scores regularly. And when we send out our NPS score, we have automated programs in Marketo that if the sender, if the the NPS score is eight or higher, they immediately get an email that says, thank you so much for your positive sentiments in our recent uh, survey. Would you mind taking a moment and leave a G2 crowd review so that others can hear your sentiments about us as well? And you know what they do? They don't offer a $25 gift card because that's tired. They order, offer a $30 gift card for someone for doing that because they're taking their time. So what are you guys taking away? 30 works way better than 25 because 25 is like the de facto gift card for that kind of stuff. So bump it to 30 and then think about automating that next follow-up for someone who, uh, you know, is giving you feedback or reser- uh, research. So that's what you guys do. And um, it's, a, it's a great idea uh, to to get someone who has expressed those positive sentiments. Uh, when you uh, when you demo the, the product and you show people, what are some of the questions people have in terms of uh, life with Sendoso? Yeah, so I think the biggest question we get uh, once we demo is coming from a place of feeling overwhelmed. Because the one thing that we talk a lot about is the variety of types of sends that you can do, right? And so you can do turnkey sends like gift cards that go digitally you can do cupcakes and succulents and cookies and wine uh or you can do a box that's branded with your logo and you completely customize the contents of that box um terminus is a great example they did a abm cookbook that you might have seen published on online and they printed it out they put in a terminus brand box and they put a bunch of branded kitchenware in there so little measuring cups a little branded spatula which I thought it was brilliant because you see so many, and now I'm going on a tangent, but I love this campaign. You see so many branded water bottles, branded t-shirts, but how many branded spatulas or measuring cups you have? And you're always in the kitchen. You always need that stuff. So really clever campaign. But someone looks at that and they say, okay, that's great, but maybe I don't think I'm that creative or I'm not even sure how we would decide what to send. And so that is the part where there's no product that you can show on a demo that expresses this, but one of the things I'm proudest of that we do as a business is our post sales team. And we actually have uh, four people that work with our customers in that capacity. There's someone who's dedicated to onboarding who works with you for the first 30 days to make sure that you get off the ground in the best way possible. And that's all they do with customers. So they're hyper-specialized in onboarding. We have solutions architects that we intentionally have work with you both pre and post sale to make sure that there's a, a continuity in those themes that you're talking about with how the product's going to integrate, how you're going to report on the ROI and how you're going to visualize the ROI with dashboards. 
There's, of course, the good old tried and true customer success manager that's involved there. Um, And then we also have project managers, which are entirely focused on what are you going to send? Where are you getting it from? Do you have it? If you do, great. Send it to us. We don't want to replace your swag vendor. Frankly, that side of of this business is is commoditized. There's 100 swag vendors. So send it to us from them, or we know a bunch that we can go get it from. So I think that's the piece where we, you know, again, you can't demo that, but it's something that we love to talk about. Uh, we see it as a, a huge differentiator and something that, frankly, we've learned over time is critical to being successful with the tool. Well, we, one of the things we should do, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, Demand Gen TV. And so, Nick, when we wrap up our podcast, I want to ask you for the best person, the best demoer out there. And I want to put them on Demand Gen TV and show both the platform. So what it looks like from the marketer's perspective to set it up, manage it, add items, allocate budget, that type of stuff, but also, and then what it would take to to incorporate inside marketing automation streams. But I also want to show the Salesforce UI as well, where, where sales reps can send stuff out. Cause I think it's, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. Um, in the, uh, at the risk of it sounding like a infomercial, um, again, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the company and the platform. Let me ask you the question about you guys have been scaling. So what's not going well? What are customers complaining about? What what do you think is an organization that you guys need to to work on um, to continue to you know delight customers? Because that's that's critical. Yeah, really great point. So I one of the things that enticed me so much about joining Sendoso when I was and uh, you know I joined as the the fifth employee. CEO Chris was a friend previously, first sales hire, and. I knew I wanted to go to startup. And so when I was evaluating Sendoso, I thought this is so unique because there's a natural moat with the logistics side of this. Anyone can go and spin up a, a .com and even build an integration of Salesforce. But holy cow, it's hard to spin up a warehouse, store items, understand where things are, how you index that, how you pack and ship. So the global logistics is sort of a natural moat to the business, but something that's incredibly hard. And I'm always very upfront with this about with people about this. Amazon has is sort of the the best and worst thing in that people are incredibly used to receiving packages now. I don't know anyone who doesn't like the the experience of sort of the unboxing, so to speak, right? Um, but Amazon has also because they're so good at what they do and they've been doing it for so long has made everyone forget that a logistics is incredibly difficult and b that shipping is not free. Yeah. Right. So those are those are two things that are, are are I'd say slight hurdles for us and have been a huge emphasis over the past couple of months. So actually, um, one guy I don't, I don't think you've you even you even know this yet, but one of our most recent key hires, a guy by the name of Darren Andy, uh, ran U.S. supply chain for Lululemon for nine years before uh, joining Sendoso just last month to run our supply chain. So that's been the part where we've had to get really smart. Um, be aware of what we don't know and where we need to bring in experts because there's almost a retail business that sits under the Sendoso business in in the capacity that we're storing, indexing, and shipping, right? Yeah. Do you guys send more stuff that's made already or stuff that's getting printed on demand? Uh, Much more made already. I think printing on demand is something that we're actually seeing go out of vogue as well, to be honest with you. Because if you're sending something printed, there's two ways that I think about it. One is you should send something that's really nice, right? Like I know, David, you guys do that great poster. 
Yeah. Right. And it's sort of the demand gen machine. And that's something where you're going to put the energy into getting it printed nice. You want it on the wall, right? Or you want a nice glossy book to sit on someone's desk. What you don't want to do is you don't want to send a, you know, hey, first name, because that's not personalized. No one, I mean, I'm sure you get a, you know, you get a piece of mail from Capital One that says, hey, David Lewis, and no part of you says, I'm so impressed that this is personalized, right? So we actually, when it comes to thinking about the content as it pertains to like the note or anything printed, we say, yeah. put your logo on a nice postcard and we'll hand write a note for you. Yeah. Because that feels personalized. Or put the energy into, you know, getting something printed that's very nice, high quality. And when you're doing high quality, you don't do variable printing. There's just, that's a natural trade-off with printing. And so we kind of say, do do both, right? Have something nice printed that's high quality, but the personalization part should be a post-it note that goes on that. It says, hey, David, really thought you'd love page 53 of this new playbook we just, we just produced. Nice. I'm going to make this offer since you mentioned the poster. I'm going to put a link. Any of you want to get a poster from me, I'm going to give out, let's just say 10, but because I don't know how many requests I'm going to get. But I made this, uh, we made this demand factory poster. You can hang it on your wall. And it shows like all the stuff you got to be doing in demand generation. And on the right-hand side, you can write in all the different tools that you use as part of your MarTech and sales tech stack. If you if you want to check it out, probably search Google for demand factory, uh, demand gen, and see if it comes up. And if you want one, I mean, you can download it digitally. But if you want one, I'll send you a poster and you can get the experience. You just got to reach out to me on LinkedIn and send me a direct message with your address in case I don't have it. Well, I probably don't have your home address because that's where you are these days. And I'll send you a poster just so you can have the experience. And the reason I'm willing to offer that is because it's that seamless to do it. All I have to do is just take that information, drop it in Salesforce and send a poster. I want you guys to experience it. Um, we, yeah, we sent some cool stuff with you guys. We did the party in a box, which was uh, a kitted up box that we send to customers after they complete a large project. And we've certainly sent some stuff for prospects. It's very cool platform. It does require sales training. I mean, it's not everything is never set it and forget it, right? You've got to train your sales team when the appropriate time to give and how to use the UI, although that's fairly um, straightforward. I want to wrap up with a question for you completely outside of the Sendoso platform, which is as employee number five and building the company, what's the hardest part about building a sales team, Nick, what, what have been your challenges as as director of sales there? Um, You know, you start a business with a buddy of yours, you come in and and you were the first sales-ish person and now you're leading the sales team and you've got to scale it. What kind of challenges do you run into these days? Yeah, so it's a really it's a really great question. On a on a personal level, I would say when you when you're employee five, you have to be someone that gets excited about doing things widely outside your scope. You are marketing, you are, you know, sales engineering, your customer success, you're doing so many things. And you need to be good at that if you're going to be that early hire. As the company scales, the business needs you to stop doing those other things as they hire people that do them and to get better at doing one thing. And so I think that applies for anyone that is early stage startup. As a sales organization, I think it's really just about continuing to challenge ourselves in terms of how do we get better at helping our prospects understand the market, uh, buy Sendoso, sure. But really, how do we become trusted advisors in this space, right? We did coin the sending platform. We were you know, sort of the first people to think about this in the way that we think about it, where we say it's not printing, it's not swag sending, it's, you know, it's a, a channel, and we want to let you send anything anywhere. And so what does that mean 
And how do you bake that into your sales and marketing um, to accelerate growth, to retain customers, to drive brand awareness, whatever it might be. I had a recommendation yesterday uh, from Elton Littlepage. And he said, uh, Dave, one of the best books I read recently was Win Forever by Pete Carroll, the uh, coach. So maybe grab a copy of that for yourself because um, he really talks about in this uh, his pyramid. You know, if you want to win forever, always compete. And there's a lot in the in terms of the belief systems around the philosophy and the beliefs and the style of your organization. So I think as you continue to expand your team and and have a quest for knowledge of upping your game, Nick, uh, look to some of the best coaches in the world. And Pete's got a good book and a, and a model for that because it really is about the culture. And you guys. You know, if you demo over and over and over and over and over again, you can forget that every night has to be like opening night of Hamilton, right? That you have to have the excitement and enthusiasm for what you're doing and also know the company's strengths and weaknesses, which is why I asked, there was a post on LinkedIn not too long ago about what to ask vendors mm-hmm. um, when you're doing due diligence on a vendor. And I always recommend that one of the questions that any marketer should ask is, of the people who leave you, what's the primary reason you have attrition. Why do, what's the primary reason that people leave your platform? So ask that question of any vendor you guys are looking at. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode and the chat with Nick. As you can tell, I'm a big fan uh, in a lot of different ways, but I've always thought that Demand Gen Radio needs to be a place where you guys can discover new technology and learn about it. So I like to insert these episodes every now and then. I encourage you to check it out, but do your due diligence. I mean, maybe it's the right solution for you, Maybe it's not. It really depends on what your go-to-market strategy is and what your customer success strategy is. But as you can tell, the Bible and psychologists and certainly yours truly, I believe that you should give to get not only because of the intrinsic reward that it brings to you by doing nice things for people in life and life is short, um, but also a great way to grow your business. Nick, thank you so much for joining me and thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you guys, as we approach, uh, wow, coming up on the uh, midpoint of Q3, and then followed by Q4 and a wrap-up of 2020. It's time to start thinking about your goals for next year. Um, hope to see you guys on Demand Gen TV. I would love your comments. And for those of you who want a poster, don't forget, click that link and send me your address. And I will drop you a poster courtesy of Sendoso. Well, the platform, but courtesy of Demand Gen. All right, that's going to do it. Hey, Nick, give my best to the team. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys all in the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 